Welcome to the MIPS AudioCast for Teleconference Q3 2021. Today, I am pleased to present CEO Max Strandwitz and CFO Karen Rosenthal. For the first part of the call, all participants will be in listen-only mode, and afterwards there'll be a question and answer session. Speakers, please begin. Thank you, operator. Good morning. My name is Max Strandwitz. I am the CEO of MIPS, and with me today, I also have the MIPS CFO, Colin Rosenthal. I will take you through the highlights of a very strong quarter. We did see very strong developments in the quarter with 82% organic growth. Great given that we had an 108% prior year comparator, so we were up against a very strong comparator, but still managed to deliver a very solid result. Year-to-date, organic growth is now at 95%, so the good momentum really continues. Growth is mainly attributed to a very strong demand that we see on the bicycle market. I don't think anyone has missed that there is a very strong bicycle market out there. We did uh, continue to improve both our EBIT and operating cash flow, and they more than doubled during the quarter. Our challenges in supply chain have been very well managed, and the team has done a fantastic job, which you also see in the numbers. We do see high customer activities, more customers launching with MIPS. And we made strong progress against our long-term ambitions. And to the right, you see the MIPS team member, Brandon Semenak, celebrating his fourth Red Bull Rampage win as the first cyclist ever. If you haven't seen his final run, you have really missed something because it's epic. So do take the opportunity to see his final a Red Bull Rampage race, because that was really a fantastic achievement. If we then turn to next page, I'm now on page number three. Uh, we continue to see a very strong bicycle market, like I said, uh, extreme demand worldwide, and in most types of helmets, there is still challenges for factories producing bicycle helmets to meet demand. Therefore, our current assumption is that the low inventory levels on the market will remain and that we will see a good bicycle market also during next year. If you then turn to the next page, in snow, we see a stronger demand than we expected. We continue to see growth in snow helmets both in the quarter and we will also see solid growth when we close the year. We are outperforming the market in general and, of course, gaining a lot of shares as the winter sport market is doing quite uh, poorly, still suffering from the rapid lockdowns that we saw in prior year. North America and Nordics are the key drivers of the strong performance, but we also see the European brands expanding their um, assortment with mixed technology in their portfolio. If you then turn to the next page, and the motor category, we continue to see very strong momentum in the motor category. It's actually the fastest growing category. 
very strong quarter with 117% growth, and year-to-date number is now at 93%. Motocross remains the key driver, but we also see very good traction in street motors to increase awareness in motor. To the right, you see our newly signed ambassador, Kerry Hart, who is a living legend in motocross and then a very important tool for us to really make sure that we drive awareness in the category. And we do expect also to see good consumer demand coming quarters in Moto. If we then look at the safety category, we are really starting to deliver on the ambition. Several new partnerships has been launched during the quarter. We have now announced also in connection with the biggest uh, trade fair in construction uh, A plus A, nine helmet brands in Poston, which have launched their partnership with NIP. Key focus coming months is to support the sales group with those customers and to increase awareness of NIP in the safety market. No change to previous communication. 2021 is about establishing a customer base. We have done that now. And 2022 is really about growing the volumes with those customers. If we then turn to next page, as everyone else, we are facing challenges in supply chain. Supply chain continues to challenge us during the year and the quarter, but so far we have managed the situation very well. We see issues in logistics, shortage of raw materials, inflationary environment, and power restrictions in China, as for many other companies. And we do expect the challenging situation in supply chain to remain unpredictable also coming quarters. If we then turn to next page, I'm now at page number eight, and we look at the development in the different categories in sports. We saw strong performance, 78% growth in the quarter, 81% year-to-date. Of course, driven by a very strong performance in bike, but actually the fastest-selling helmet type in the sports category is also equestrian, where we are growing close to 300% year-to-date. So really happy that we are gaining market shares also in equestrian helmets. Moto, like I said, the fastest growing category for us, growth at 117% in the quarter with good performance both in motocross and street. And if we look at the year-to-date number, we are at 93%. If we look at safety, still early days, but a lot of new promising partnership launched in the quarter. I will then hand over to our CFO, Karin. Thank you, Max. Good morning, I'm Karin Rosenthal, CFO of MIT, and I will take you through the financial part of the presentation. Development in the third quarter. Net sales increased by 81% and organic growth was 82%. Gross profit was up 83% and gross margin of 73.3%, up 110 bits due to volume and sales mix. On sex, we continue to invest behind our strategic priorities. A strong EBIT was up 101% to 110 million. An exceptional EBIT margin of 
6% in the quarter. We saw a strong increase in operating cash flow to 71 million. Financial KPI, organic growth, 82%. EBIT margin, 60%. And operating cash flow of 71 million. If we then turn to next page, development in the first nine months, net sales increased by 82% and organic growth was 95%. And that's fully explained by FX due to a strong SEC versus US dollar in the year. Gross profit was up 85% and a gross margin of 73.3%. Up 90 bits due to volume and sales mix. In OPEX, we continue to invest behind our strategic priorities, marketing, and R&D. A strong EBIT was up 144% to 221 million compared to last year. EBIT margin of 54.1%. And a really strong increase in operating cash flow to 196 million. Financial KPIs, organic growth, 95%, EBIT margin, 54%, and operating cash flow of 196 million. If we turn to the next page, we are now on page 11, balance sheet and cash flow. We have a strong cash position with cash and cash equivalents of 371 million, and we don't hold any loans. Our equity ratio is 78% after dividend payout in Q2. Over to you, Max. Yes, so thank you, Corinne. If we then summarize the very strong quarter, we did see very strong sales again driven by high demand in bicycle market. We are gaining a lot of shares. The market is growing really fast. And then, of course, that equation normally or give you a very fast growth rate. We also saw good development in motor and safety. Strong improvement in both EBIT and operating cash flow. The good consumer demand is expected to continue, assuming no change to current situation. We do expect challenges in supply chain to remain also coming quarters, and we did great progress on our journey towards our long-term ambition. Operator, we open up for questions. Thank you. If you wish to ask a question, please dial zero one on your telephone keypads now to enter the queue. Once your name has been announced, you can ask your question. If you find your question is answered before it's your turn to speak, you can dial 02 to cancel. Our first question comes from the line of Daniel Tolson of ABG. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, I start off with one related to the challenging supply chain you see. You still report extremely strong growth figures in this quarter. Did the supply chain in practice actually affect you at all so the growth would have been even higher without that? Or did you basically do as good as you could? No, I think thank you, Daniel. Very good question. So from our side, the missed side, we did actually not miss any orders. We haven't missed any orders here today. So we have navigated really well. The issue on the supply chain is mainly related to the factory. If the helmet is not being produced, then of course we will not get the order and there is no order to miss. And at the moment, the helmet factory is 
cannot produce enough to meet the demand for um, the helmet market, so to say. Yeah, I see. I see. That was kind of what what I meant. So, so if I rephrase, I mean, if they could meet the demand that they actually have, how how would that affect the growth rate in this quarter? I guess that you were limited uh, due to the manufacturing sites actually couldn't source and supply. Yeah, all you would have seen growth, and that's also why we indicated that the stock levels still remain low in retail because they cannot really manage to build stock at the moment. Okay. Uh, clear. And then some something on the size or the expected volumes for the nine brands you have signed and launched uh, launched products in the market for safety category. Are any of those a top five or top ten brand in the world volume-wise? And if not, what is the main factor not having signed any of the larger ones so far? Yeah, thank you, Daniel. So, no, they are not one of the top five. Some of them are mid-sized players, I would say. And I think this also goes back to the history of myths. Normally, when you launch into a category, the fastest moving brands is always the smaller ones. They are very keen to be the first ones with new technology in the market. The bigger brands normally take a little bit longer. When they come on board, they launch wider and so on, and it's exactly the same thing as we see also in this category. Okay, that's, that makes sense. The final question on, on the balance sheet and the cash flow. I mean, related to the capitalization of the company, you have an extremely high equity ratio. You are profitable. Uh, what could you do with that position? Are there any M&A you actually look at in the market today or anything else you can do? without just distributing the, the excess cash and profits to the shareholders? Yeah, I mean, distributing the cash to the shareholders is, of course, the last resort. We think it's fantastic to always reinvest into our business, and we are doing that. We are not holding back on any investment, even though we are delivering a fantastic cash flow. We are scanning the markets for complementary technologies or things that will complement our consumer offering. Nothing concrete at the moment, uh, but of course, if there would come something that will fit our portfolio or our ingredient brand structure, of course, we will act on that, but nothing concrete at the moment. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Adam Ladashian of Handels Banking. Please go ahead, your line is open. Yes, good morning. Um, my first question goes back to the safety category. And uh, it's a bit difficult to model assumptions for this category since it's so immature, but also your largest one. So I would appreciate if you could give us any kind of help here. Um, and then to my question, do you expect the ramp up to be faster than the initial ramp up that you had in the other two categories, for example? Yeah, of course, we don't give any uh, forward-looking statements, but when it comes to the momentum and the build-up of volumes, given the size of mix that we are today, given the, the market situation and momentum we have, of course, we can accelerate the ramp-up a lot faster than we did in the other categories. 
Got it. All right. And then my final question, uh, I do want to touch upon competition and what you're seeing in the market. And obviously, you've experienced significant growth throughout the pandemic. So do you feel like you've gone further ahead in the race, so to say? Sorry, you broke up there for a little bit. But if I repeat the question, I think that first of all, you asked if there is anything on the competition side. No, nothing during the quarter that would change the picture. And then if we are, the last part I didn't really hear was that if we were growing ahead of our own expectation. Is that what you are? And no, more about since you've had such significant growth throughout the pandemic, do you feel like you've, you've gained further market share or, or gone further in the race uh, than you had expected? This quickly. Yeah, I mean, if you look at our long-term target, when we summarized 2020, we needed to grow with an average of 23% per year. And of course, year-to-date, we are at 95%, so that's ahead of that assumption. So we are gaining market share rapidly in all the different categories we are in, so we are very happy with the performance. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Now, our next question comes from the line of Friedrich Mordegord of Pareto Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you, Operator. Uh, hello, Max and, and uh, Colin. Thank you for taking my questions. Just first off, uh, if you could help us to, to some extent at least piece out the, the drivers behind the very strong organic growth. Uh, I'm thinking about market growth versus you guys being in, in more helmets, uh, being with, with more customers, the market growth versus uh, versus increased customer intake and then penetration in the fourth category. If, if you could give some, some more flavor on that, it would be helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, as we have indicated before, uh, the general assumption of the uh, sports helmet market, and especially related to bike, is that the market has grown somewhere around 20%. Yeah, of course, our growth you have already seen because if you look at the sports category, by far a majority of our sales is in bicycles and we are growing significantly faster than that. So the main part of the growth is still penetrating our brand, is still gaining a lot of market share. If then the market is also growing, of course, that also helps out. All right, and then thinking just sequentially about the sports sales, because in, in Q2, uh, between Q2 and Q3, obviously there's a major step up in, in sales in that category. At the same time, I mean, retail inventories were low even as we entered 2021. So, so what has really changed in the industry that has enabled the, the uh, helmet brands to really ramp up volumes over the past few months? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of things that is happening and, and there is not one single answer to the question because there is a lot of different drivers of what actually drives demand. First of all, I think the whole outdoor trend, everyone wants to go out bicycling, that's happening all over the world. And of course, we see a strong effect of that. Then of course, we also see a very strong e-bike trend. A lot of, uh, if you look at all the companies producing e-bikes, even though they can produce what they sell, they have fantastic numbers. And normally when you're traveling with an e-bike, you travel with a little bit more velocity. That normally requires a different kind of helmet. And, of course, we see a lot of 
demand also from that. So the e-bike trend, everyone assumes that the e-bike at one point will actually exceed the sales of normal bicycles. There is a report that was published some months ago where they expect that e-bikes will be more in number of units sales than traditional bikes somewhere between 20, 25, and 20, the whole commuting trend. That's mainly isolated to Europe because, of course, U.S. is not the commuter market as such. Where we see anyone just peeping out the window, you see a lot of bike commuters in every bigger city in Europe. And, of course, we see a good trend from that also. Sure, I appreciate the demand drivers. Uh, I think those are, are fairly clear. I'm mainly thinking about uh, factories' capacity to to uh, increase sales because, uh, at least to me, it, it looks like uh, market production needs to have been up quite significantly between Q2 and Q3, and and is that sort of driven by uh, by additional factories, additional capacities coming online, as we discussed previously, or is there anything else that is uh, that is driving that sequential improvement? No, there is a capacity expansion, mainly in China. Three major factories have been open, and I think all the bigger factories have also tried to expand their capacity to meet the demand. All right, and, and is there, is there any, any further capacities coming on board, and, and is it possible to sort of size the impact of, of three additional factories coming on board? Is that sort of a 5% increase in, in market capacity? Is it, is it 20%? Any ballpark figure would be helpful. Yeah, I, I would say that the capacity expansion that we see in the industry in general is somewhere between 10 to 20 percent. Okay, thank you very much for answering my questions. Thank you, Frederick. Thank you. We currently have one further question in the queue. So just as a reminder to participants, if you do wish to ask a question, please dial zero one on your telephone keypad now. Uh, next person in the queue is Carl Oscar of Berenberg. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey, good morning. Um, just a, a quick question on safety. Can you tell a little bit more about the seasonality for the uh, construction of safety helmets? Obviously, H2 is heavily focused on bicycle helmets and you have the snow helmets being predominantly in H1. So if you can just give us any. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the safety category, um, I think the great thing is that we have actually not seen any real seasonality like we see in the other types of industry. It seems of the brands, they have their own production and of course they want to utilize the factories also the year, all year around. So not at all the same seasonality pattern that we see in the other industries. Okay. And in terms of um, factory production in China, has there been any shutdowns that you're aware of in any other factories due to the resurgence of COVID over there throughout the quarter? Uh, yeah, not so much related to COVID. There have been some impact in COVID in some of the ports, but uh, nothing at the moment. What we have seen is, of course, there is some energy restrictions. So there is a couple of factories that have been forced to close for one or two days uh, and so on. And I think that's the only thing that's happening at the moment, uh, which could affect us at the moment. Okay, thank you. And just lastly, 
given sort of the tight capacity at the various plants, has there been or, or should we expect that there's a pent-up demand in Q4 or sales production volumes pushed out from Q4 into Q3 from the helmet um, producer's point of view? Yeah, I would more say that given that we are now going into the biggest quarter in the industry, Q4 is already full. If you look at Q1, it's also starting to get full. So if you want to produce a helmet today, you need to wait a bit of time. So I think factories are running on full capacity and they're trying to get out as many helmets as possible. If there is excess demand, like we're seeing at the moment, it's more pushed forward rather than that they can manage the capacity. Okay, and have the sort of new capacity that's being put online, is, is that starting to come through or is it still sort of in green, uh, greenfield mode? No, it is coming through. A lot of the ramp-up was started in the beginning of the year. Factories were commissioning and they are up and running. Okay, that's great. That's all my questions. Um, congratulations on a fantastic quarter. Thank you, Saraska. Thank you. And as there are no further questions on the line, I'll hand back to our speakers for the closing comments. No, so if no further questions, uh, thank you. We are really happy with the quarter and also the year-to-date performance. And see you again next quarter.